the technology is working and we are live. Kia ora everybody, what's up? It is Robert and I am joined by Nanago herself, Dr. Michelle Dickinson. What's up? Morning everybody. How are you? I'm good actually, how are you? Um, great, We've, we were just talking about what we're both drinking and I think you're winning with, and I think if, if it was my flag on cup or yours, I think yours might be um, up in the mix and you're saying you've got dog to the left, would dog like an introduction as well? I'm just going to say that you spelt my name wrong on your little post. Oh, where? Did I? Shit. It's cool. Just don't in the world. Really it's not my name, but it's cool. Oh, I got you. I've got it here. Oh, here we go. Um, so what's happening in, in the world of um, you? You've made a massive pivot in the last seven days. <laughs> well, yeah. Like everybody, um, saw COVID coming and said, what is our strategic plan if everything that we've planned for this year dies? Um, and it did. So we are currently a live events company. We do live science tours around the world. And this was our growth year of global growth. We had booked our Australian tour. We were going to tour Australia for a month. Then Saudi Arabia tour, six weeks in Saudi Arabia, then two months in the UK. So our whole year was around live eventing with science theatre. And everybody cancelled last Monday. Woo. So we went from it. And we do teacher training. We do school assemblies. And literally every one of our customers in our books um, for the next year cancelled. Um, and I make my money through public speaking um, and yeah. all my events cancelled. So my personal income went to zero, our business income went to zero all on the same day. And we were like, ah, oh, that's interesting. Um, and we, you know, we got the sense that lockdown was probably going to come in about a week. And we said, well, we've got a couple of choices. We can fight or we can flight. And we're fighters. Yeah. So we said to our team, we said, hey, this is what's happened. Um, we want you to keep working for us. We want to keep paying you. We also want the company to survive past what may be a long-term lockdown or significant change in the way that people do business. And so we um, would love you to put your hands to the deck, pretend this is a hackathon, and we're going to build something new. We were in a really lovely place. Um, we had been thinking about going digital with our product. We do um, education for families around science and tech. Um, we've been thinking about taking that digital for a while. We had just been to the US to go look at raising the seed round. So we'd sort of you know, spent the past year already planning this. Um, we, in our pipeline, had a two-year plan to build the app, to build all the digital things. Um, and we needed about $2 million to do that. And that was our plan. We said, right, we've got a plan. How can we do that with $20,000 in 24 hours? <laughs> so that's what we did. We built an online platform. We pulled together everybody that we know that's amazing who could help us. Sean Simpson, Matt yeah. Billington, Andy Smith, who's an amazing coder. And we tripled our team overnight. Um, and we have been, yeah, delivering content. So now Nanogirls Lab is an online education platform where it helps parents to learn how to teach their kids at home because suddenly parents have become teachers mm. and they, they didn't sign up for that. It helps kids to do a five-minute video a day where they learn something about science or tech. And then just using simple supplies, paper, sticky tape, card, um, we send them off to go and build for hours and make prototypes and build some fun stuff. And the parents have a cheat sheet that we send them every day so that they can be experts in rocket science and plane science. And when their kids come to them with their newest invention for the day, they know the answers to their amazing questions. So yeah, it's been an awesome ride, but we are busy and it's great. It's, it's nuts to see such a pivot so fast, right? Because you realistically had no I guess digital products um, finance was driven around t time f uh, being physically in locations your yeah. IP your brain your brand I mean the, the the almost the advantage 
for you with your pivot, you weren't starting from zero. You had a brand, you were known, you had a database, you had cred, you had resource, you had a skill set, you had technology. There's all these different things which you, because you're exactly right, like literally, you know, make a setup, boom, you've got the content piece, giddy up and go. But that, what was that, what was the moment that you knew it had flipped? Did you, did you already pre-think it was going to happen or was it literally you were at 140 when you watched Jacinta on the Monday, I think, or what was your buzz? Yeah, look, so um, I think it's always good for small businesses to have contingency plans. Um, and so Joe, my co-founder, and my husband and I talk a lot about what if this, what if that. So we've always had plans if, if the market changes. So I think that's been really helpful for us. Also, you know, I've been helping just in the chat about COVID to the public. And so I've been having some of these bigger conversations and I've been, you know, keeping up to date on what the world was doing. And I, I pretty, I was pretty sure that lockdown was imminent. So that gave us a bit of a head start around contingency planning saying, well, what if the worst happened? What if New Zealand locked down? What would we do? What if we can't travel anymore? What would we do? Because all of our money was coming in from overseas. And so I think, you know, seeing those risks ahead of the game gave us a lot more time. Also, some lucky things happened. So we have an office in Ponsonby um, and the tenants who live in the residential suite upstairs, they moved out after 12 years, about a week before the lockdown. And so our landlord who had the whole building said, um, said, do you know anybody who might want to take a residential tenancy on? And we were like, yes. <laughs> we want to live in our office. And so you are now in Narragill's bunker. I now live in the office. Um, we have set up um, the residential above our space and one of the rooms we've made into a studio so you can make content the whole time. That's been yes. really useful for us. So I now live in the office during lockdown, um, which I wasn't planning on doing, but that's no. what we need to keep our business running. Um, we had a, a camera guy, Adam, who's amazing, who came in and brought all this camera gear, which I don't know how to use, but I know how to press the button for. Um, and so having a week for the production team to set up, to black out the room, to set up the set, the camera people to rent us the equipment and show us how to use it means that I now have a studio that I'm figuring out how to use so we can keep working and, and making th things in our new home. This is my new house. It's yeah, it's 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 crazy. The the point of the um the, the timing of the logistics to keep the business and the content are the same place is incredible. And it almost does it feel exciting that you've now got a new way to operate and of one spot you can be to the world? And that's something I've been thinking about where um, and I was saying just b b before to someone earlier this morning was when I'm physically not in New Zealand, I feel like I'm a step behind because I'm not in the room to do damage. And yeah, and, and Robert, you and I, are at multi, you know, we travel all the time. I was 194 days on the road last year building our business Jeez. globally. You were pretty much the same. Every time we saw each yeah. other, we were passing on an <laughs> aircraft somewhere. I think it's been really good. I've never stayed in in my home or in Auckland for such a long period of time. And I love that feeling of being on the run, but actually being forced to stay here has really given me focus and allowed me to create content and really think very strategically about what we're doing versus going from meeting to meeting to meeting, trying to sell what we do. So it's yeah. also changed, I think, not the pace of our business, but the way that I am working within the business. And I feel much more connected and that's been cool too. You're extremely positive to overnight have every single cent go to zero and then having to reset from nothing. <laughs> but that's what happens. It's like it's like MacGyver shit. This is full MacGyver shit. Here's a bit of sticky tape and a and a a, a big pencil. Go build a skyscraper, and you're like, 
All right. <laughs> and everybody who owns their own business knows that this is the risk you take. I mean, yeah. we're Lads is 100% owned. We don't have any investors, so it's my and my husband's money, and we've poured our life savings into this. And when you see it go to zero, you go, all right, well, we've got a few choices to make. And, yeah. and we we just have to keep trying to survive. And, and like I said, you know, everybody's fighting right now to try and pivot. We are the same. And hopefully, I mean, everybody who has bought our product has loved it. And we have this closed community Facebook page where all the parents are uploading all the cool stuff. And it, it warms my heart. And obviously for everyone we sell, we gift one to a family who can't afford it. So this community of amazing people who are just learning stuff at home and kids are tinkering and becoming inventors and entrepreneurs. That's what I've always wanted to see, yeah. but it's my risk. I mean, everything I own, everything I've ever owned is in this. So who knows yeah. what's going to happen? The, um, let's jump to the, uh, the health side of things. I was talking uh, just before and we were saying, you know, New Zealand has a, um, with David Downs, New Zealand has a medical issue and there's a financial issue. Um, yeah. The medical issue to sort of kick off with, you understand this way, way more than the most. And, and it's awesome because um, a lot of people that we're talking to, they were, we're, we're talking about business. We're not talking about the health. I don't understand the science. I don't understand the bits and pieces. What's the biggest misconception you think that the ma the mainstream would not be realizing about this thing. What's the biggest thing that yeah. is just like, guys, this is what's actually up. What are they missing? Yeah. So look, while I'm trying to build a new business, I'm getting hundreds of messages a day from people I don't know asking me, can I use the soap? What about this? So it's been a busy time juggling. The biggest things I'm seeing, number one, people saying, oh, it's just like the flu. And it is not just like the flu. It's very different to the flu. So people not taking it seriously and understanding um, the real, the real, challenge it could provide to our healthcare system and, and people will die if we don't treat it seriously. Um, two, I'm seeing all of these myths going around, things like um, the virus is heat sensitive, so put a hairdryer up your nose and it will kill all the virus in your nose, don't do that, it's really dangerous. Um, drinking water every 15 minutes is going to drown the virus, it's not going to do that, it doesn't work like that, and um, the virus isn't alive um, in that sort of way. I'm seeing people just be really, take sending videos around about, I saw this thing on YouTube and this will kill the virus, soap will kill the virus, you don't need a fancy thing, just wash your hands, wash your surfaces in soap, like don't touch your face. And people are coming up with all these weird and wonderful ways to protect yourself. And it's super simple. And I think people are trying to make it really complicated. And, and it's not, it's simple. The virus can only get into you through your mouth, your nose, or your eyes. So don't touch those. And it can only do that if an infected person has touched the surface that you then touch or they cough on you. So don't go near people. <laughs> stop touching people and stop touching your face. It's so simple. And that's, that's it. It is literally... Hands, eyes, nose, mouth. That's it. That's it. It just needs your mucous membrane. That's how it gets into you. So if it's on your hands, if you have virus on your hands, it's okay. Go wash them. You'll be fine. Wash them in soap. That's all it needs. The virus is, um, is basically a tiny little ball, and the outside of the ball is covered with a fat. Um, it's a really unique thing about COVID, and, and it's different from some of the other viruses, and it's got this fat bubble on the outside. We call it a fat yeah. envelope. Soap bursts fat. You know that because you wash your dishes with soap and you get all the grease off your plate. So as soon as the virus touches soap, it is destroyed. It just explodes and the insides come out. So soap, cheap soap, simple soap will destroy the virus off all of the surfaces and people are running around trying to find all of these complicated things, but you just need soap. Yeah, and that's probably almost leads straight into that. The next little piece is um, this, um, the fear of a lot of these things are, 
it's almost around like say the hairdryer thing or whatever, right? Like all this crazy shit. What part of this is to blame of people's fear around misinformed media? Look, I, I really have been pushing. Look, I think we've had a drop in scientific literacy over the past decade. We don't have science on TV anymore. We don't promote science like we used to. We don't celebrate scientists as celebrities. You know, it's great that we ha we know all the All Blacks team, but you know, I don't think many people could name up until now. You know, a famous scientist who's doing cutting edge stuff. So I think part of it is lack of scientific literacy. Media is looking for sensationalist stories, and so there's a lot of things going around that make it really dramatic, and that sells, you know, clicks, and we know that. But it's really hard, I think, to get traction. I mean, I've been making YouTube videos, I've been making free content, going, "Here's the science. It's really simple. Look, I have my little virus buddy here." Hold <laughs> <laughs> on, I can back. The reason why the eye is heavy is because it's um. It's been sewn together. It's a little coded circuit, so you can turn the eyes on with a little battery. Look, his eyes gone on now, um, so that's why they're heavy. Um, and so, and so, this is what we're doing to help explain to families and kids and people who don't get viruses. You basically want your virus to be sad. You don't want it to be happy. And the way you do that is you stop touching it. And people don't know what viruses are. They're basically tiny balls, and on the tiny ball is a little spike. And this little spike or dangly bit depends on what type of virus it is and it depends on what part of you it attaches to. So coronavirus, COVID-19 has a dangly bit that attaches to your lungs. And so when it gets to you, it immediately wants to go to your lungs. And as soon as it attaches to your lung cell, it, it basically tells all your lung cells to stop being lung, lung cells and become replicators of the virus. That's how the virus multiplies. The common cold virus, for example, has dangly bits attached to your nose. And so that's why you feel very snotty and congested um, up in your head when you get a cold virus versus coronavirus, COVID-19, where you have a lot of respiratory problems. And that's it. It's a ball with dangly bits. And that's all viruses are. And people seem um, confused around the differences and what a virus is and what bacteria are. And because and, they're tiny, invisible things. And I get it's confusing. So I've just been trying to use really simple things to communicate it. So... When you read sensationalism around the headlines, you can go, oh, but I understand the science behind it. Therefore, this might not be true. Yeah. <coughs> it's, uh, you brought up a really interesting point. I, I think I put a, a thing on it. Uh, maybe last week I was saying it'd be so rad if our scientists had the, like, the influential social flex as like not artists or musicians or whatever. But I mean, a lot of people are talking about, they don't know shit about science. What are you flipping talking about? You're not a scientist. Yeah. Like, that's why, you know, we had Sam Stubbs on last night. It's like, I don't know shit about the economy like he does. So, like, talk to the people that actually know it. And it's almost like we want the the scientists need to be the superheroes, the the the, the doctors, the, the money people, the actual people who know what's up. Because it kind of feels that a lot of um, – Sam was talking about a thing of, like, recency bias or something where the latest thing you've seen, you almost want to believe that thing so you feel right. So, it's actually a human behavior issue for a lot of the stuff because they don't want to feel like they're wrong and go with the crowd but the problem is if they're saying you know put start putting hair dryers up your nose and shit and and whatever yeah. these other things are you get real world human action doing dumb shit for something that isn't actually true but they don't they almost do that by default because out of human behavior because we don't have the right the heroes right like like how do you have the influence of a prime minister how do you become like an all black how do you you know how do you how do you do that because i guess in times like this on the other side of it do you think there will be like way more i guess clout given to doctors and scientists surely right like something like this must make 
us want to listen not to Muppets, but to people that actually know what's up, that are educated about this? Look, I would like to think so, but what I've seen is a lot of tech entrepreneurs have a high opinion in this space using <laughs> data that isn't relevant to New Zealand. And I understand it's easy to take a tech article and go, oh, what happened? You know, we should do this. The government should do this. I mean, I've been working closely and seeing what the government is doing and also what the opposition has planned. I, it's an a, The virus is apolitical and I, I get really upset sometimes when I see people who aren't fundamentally understanding how the modeling works and where that data comes from and also how New Zealand is quite different from some of the other countries. Um, I saw a lot of people say, we should lock down, we should have locked down 10 days ago, but human behavior is really interesting. If you lock down too early, people go oh well it wasn't really a danger and they don't feel that sense of needing to actually be locked down and follow the rules what you need is also to lock down at the right time when people go oh this is serious and so if we'd have locked down earlier i think that people wouldn't have taken it very seriously because they wouldn't have seen the number of cases and, and sadly the the one death that we've had so far in new zealand so there's a balance and it, it, i really struggle when people who aren't seeing all of the data and aren't reading all of the scientific papers. I mean, I, you should see my reading list right now this late long because all of these new papers are coming out every day and the science is changing every day. What we know is changing every day. I, it really upsets me when they're trying to get the media attention and, and I'm just like, no, we need to pull New Zealand together, not apart. We need to understand how these decisions are being made and where this data is coming from. And it's hard to have a voice when I, I don't have a PR company that's celebrating what I'm doing. I'm just trying to make a YouTube video going, here's the data, here's what we should do. And also I'm trying to run a business. So, yeah, it's tough. Yeah, no, I, I, you're right. And I, I was saying a couple of weeks ago, I've never, I never truly had a real respect for the actual power of media until watching how this actually started to change real world stuff in real time. And I'm just sitting there like, wait a second, because of the business model of a certain media company is literally making elderly feel threatened. It's making people fight over toilet paper. It's making all this shit. I'm like, man, that is powerful. Like it is so much. And I, I mean, and it's, it's so hypocritical almost because I live media. I, I, I live and breathe. This is what I do. And I, I still even was taken back from it. Um, yeah. Paul Thomas uh, says, uh, found an angle through a work Slack channel, Red, and the kids are loving it. So that's so cool. Um, that's cool. And he, he says, uh, have you noticed a massive increase in viewers and subscribers since COVID-19 started? Um, a little bit. Do you know, I've, I've been really lucky. We have a great following. And so um, some of my, so I made a video. I can't believe I became that person. I took a selfie stick to the supermarket this weekend <laughs> and made a video of myself shopping. Because I reckon I've had over a thousand messages to my DM on my public page saying, I'm petrified of the supermarket. I don't want to go outside, but I need food. And the online shopping went is too long. And I was just yeah. like, New Zealand just needs instructions on how to go to the supermarket. What was it called? How to shop? How it's to literally called to how to shop at the supermarket. <laughs> <laughs> And I, I'm like, I can't believe I have three degrees in engineering <laughs> selfie in myself. But you know what? The feedback has been incredible. And what I've realized is at this time, what people need is just a set of instructions that says, here's what the science says. Here's how to keep yourself and your family safe and others safe. Here's how to go to the supermarket. Like I, yeah, I never thought I'd be making that sort of video. But I've created, influencer. A, I've created three degrees. A, channel that's just called coronavirus so people get i'm making one today about what to do with your dog is your dog a risk 
um, because yeah. these are the questions that I'm getting all the time and I just thought if I can put that out there and people can share it. There are no ads, I'm not monetizing them. Literally, they're just free content for everybody just to hopefully feel a little bit more in control of their environment and a little yeah. bit more knowledgeable about what works and what doesn't work. There's a lot of people right now trying to sell you lotions and potions oh, about fuck. Yeah. Colloidal silver, don't do it. It, it doesn't work. Um, yeah, just wash your hands. Stuff in vinegar. Don't soak your stuff in vinegar. It's gross and it'll taste disgusting and it'll stink and it's not going to work. Um, yeah. All these things. So, yeah, I've been creating content um, not just on the Nano Girl Labs platform, which is our online home platform, but also just on YouTube, just going, hey, come to the supermarket with me. Walk yeah. my dog with me. Like it sounds really dumb and I never thought I'd be making content like that, but I've realized that. No. People just want to feel safe and they just want to know what to do. Yep, 100%. And and what's kind of cool about that is you've actually already got, you're, you're known and you're trusted and you have profile with credibility, but you've created your own loop ecosystem and you can create your own group loop with it because the more questions, the more content, more, more questions, more content. And the intent's obviously right and it's trusted. I mean, the, the one, the, the, the no-brainer should be stuff in the Herald should be, you know, leveraging and utilizing that as like main feature pieces every single day throughout the whole thing. It's an absolute no-brainer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, you know, and, and the challenge we've got is news media doesn't pay. So all of this good service stuff that I'm making, all of my YouTube stuff for free, it, it's distracting me from trying to grow my business, yeah, which is yeah, trying yeah. to keep my triple the head count employees paid. And so there's a balance here around mm. my personal feeling a responsibility as a public service person to do this stuff, but that takes time versus my, I've got to keep my employees paid. And how do I do that? I've got to grow my business. So there's this fine balance that I'm finding, you know, tough like everybody on how do I make content and how do I answer the thousand DMs that come in a day yeah. from Ethel up in Northland who is petrified of her newspaper but wants to read it but thinks she might get infected. You know, I get so many of those from a definitely from a demographic of New Zealand, which is I'm finding the older generation who are just, you know, they know they're a high risk group and they don't understand the virus or the science. And also people who have parents who are elderly wanting to ship them things, but they're petrified that the thing that they ship them might bring the infection into their house or the virus into their house. So the messages I'm getting are of just worried New Zealanders wanting to do the right thing and they, there's nowhere really to go for those specific yeah. details. So, okay, so I'm the government and I'm going to do a referendum on the flag or on weed or on euthanasia or, or whatever this thing may be. I hire agencies to communicate that to the masses and that's part of a marketing and PR budget that comes out of the government thing. Yeah. In terms of marketing collateral, how is the that exists on social that includes video to multiple channels? What is the government doing there? Is that a thing? What are they? Yeah, so the government has a has a task force. They have the COVID nineteen agency. They're using a social media agency to build that content, and it is great. And I'm so glad. I mean, I think we we have one of the best governments for communicating what we're doing. If I look at how we've done it, if I look at how we're responding, I literally wouldn't want to be anywhere else in the world right now. We did all of the right things. Number one, we came up with levels that were clear. We went to level two and we gave people time to look at level three and four and go, oh, this might be coming. I'm going to prep myself. Mm. That was huge. If you look at what the UK did, they went from zero to lockdown and everybody just went and bought everything Stop from the supermarket. This, yeah. And, and we didn't do that here in New Zealand. We took our time, the supermarkets are full, and people are really calm. It's been a very different response. And that's because we were very clear. We said, it's at least a four 
four-week lockdown, so make sure you're prepared for that. Whereas the UK said, oh, maybe three weeks. Oh, no, we're going to extend it. The US is, has such different messages. Yeah. So I think we had a really good plan around communication, and that's worked to keep us all calm and all following the rules pretty much. And, and then, yeah, so there's a task force within the government for that. But they're not they're not getting the messages like I am, which is people taking photos of the back of their soap bottle going, this is the right soap. <laughs> people just want to know this stuff. You should get a volunteer that has some spare admin time to get an admin access to your Facebook forward and screenshot every single message one by one to the government and then say, please support um, support me to create this content for you and get it out on your distribution networks leverage with either Stuff or The Herald and just bombard them because this isn't, I mean, it's, I'm not saying it's not your issue. You're, people are coming to you because you're known and trusted and credible and, and, and known and likable, yada, yada, yada. Like, okay, like that, you need to do that more, you know, put fuel on the fire, you know? Yeah, look, the government is doing, is running at full speed and I get it. And if I can offer my services to help New Zealand and, and further afield, the videos are going pretty far right now, then that's, I'm a service leader. I've always, yeah. you know, when you look at leadership, I've always been a service leader. I've always been like, how can I help? This is me helping right now. I'll hope in the long run that, you know, people will then support my business and say, how do we help support Michelle and Joe in their small business and how do we help them to grow? But I, this is not a time right now, I think, for thinking about how to get the money from things. This is a time to help people at home. This is a time to help families feel safe. And this is a time to help New Zealand know what the rules are and how to follow them so that I think we're really gonna, I'm, I'm very positive and optimistic that people are actually gonna stamp out the virus here in New Zealand because people are actually communicating well, understanding the science behind it much more than I think some other countries and believing that what we're doing is the right thing to do. Yeah, the, um, it definitely feels that New Zealand as a collective is on the same page with this, opposed to, you know, in many other countries and places, people are just still out doing their shit, like they don't care, you know, there's bars open, people cruise around, high fives, handshakes, sport, all sorts of stuff. And obviously there's a few exceptions that happen in New Zealand, but as a collective, I think, because everyone's been hit so fast, so quick with it, they know if we if we can commit to the process, we can try to get back to some type of normalcy with it. Um, Hinarangi Edwards was just saying, could you share your YouTube channel link as well as other channels you're delivering your content on? So what's the name of the channel on YouTube for the... Um, so if you just go to my name, Dr. Michelle Dickinson, or Google Nano Girl on YouTube, there's a whole playlist called um, Coronavirus. So it will be in there. I can share it with you later and yeah, put, put it somewhere. Open. How does that work? Yeah, yeah I can probably find it. I'll go on um, my side. It's all good. Yeah. So just come back up. Um, or if you just go to nanogirllabs.com, you'll see all of our free coronavirus stuff for kids too up there. So there's there the two places. Just Google me. Yeah, <laughs> it's there. Um, what are you most fearful of? I am most fearful that the world doesn't take it seriously and certain countries like New Zealand will protect themselves and what we'll do is sit in our little paradise bubble and, and watch. I mean, we're seeing it now, certain countries. So Italy, we're watching horrific stories coming out of Italy. We're probably going to see that a week from now in the UK and I think the US is not far behind where we see countries and we're in countries who are doing the right thing and actually we're relatively no, low on how it affects us. And then we watch other countries do different things and, and it's gonna be really sad to see from afar people that we know and we love. I mean, a lot of us have people overseas who 
you know, are living in countries that are really struggling with it, I think it's going to be a challenge. I think one of the best places to be right now is New Zealand. We're a self-sufficient island. You know, we have fresh water, we have renewable power, we have food capabilities, we have a lot of the core things that we need to be locked down for a while. Um, we're going to have to pivot and really help our hospitality industry, our tourism industry for sure. But I worry that people who don't take it seriously overseas, and, and the US is a really interesting example when you look at how political it's being made and the divide between what people yeah. believe is true and not true and the lack of clear comms around it. Um, I worry about the US and I, I think it's going to be hard to sit and watch that from New Zealand. Yeah. I think a big part of that too becomes in certain parts of America the I got my gun. No one tell yeah. me what to do. It's America. <laughs> you know, I think that mentality, um, maybe they clearly don't understand the science for for many of those type of crew. Um, I'm not saying rednecks, but um, those that aren't taking the, the science seriously. But even if I've been watching some of the uh, the New York um, hospital stuff that's popping out, it's like, this is New York. Like you're talking yeah. about Wall Street, millions of yeah. people, all the stuff. And it is a flipping gong show and and you kind of sit there and and maybe to the flip side of things a lot of people maybe with some of the bad clickbaity type of potential media that came out caused a bunch of panic now because the same mentality exists overseas with the content that's coming out of it their potential fear that's been um, put out is actually probably driving home the messages more for new zealanders to stay home so in a weird way maybe it is kind of encouraging more New Zealanders not to go outside and not to do dumb, dumb shit, maybe? Yeah, totally. But sadly, we're using a Petri dish of New York to, to sort of stay at home. And I wouldn't want to be in that Petri dish. And what people forget is that it's the greater your exposure to the virus, the greater the risk of mortality. And that means that our doctors and our nurses Jeez, are actually... Yeah putting themselves at incredible risk. And, and we're gonna have, we've seen it in Italy, how many doctors and nurses are dying because of their exposure, because they're treating patients. And you know, they're giving everything to try and fight this. And what we need to do is just stay home to help those people. What are you most hopeful about at the end of this? From a, from a, from a science educated weapon perspective, what, what, are you, what are you most hopeful about? I am hopeful that science is taken more seriously in the media space. It's been really hard to get traction. I mean, I've been working in the media for what, seven or eight years now, tried to get primetime TV. Every time we, we, we make a pilot about something really interesting to educate the public. And then we get, you know, knocked over for Heartbreak Island or MasterChef or something cheap to make. And, you know, it, it's been really hard because that reality TV stuff is cheap to make. But I don't know where people are going for their scientific knowledge other than sitting in front of the TV at prime time and watching it. So I hope that more science gets funded around how to educate people. And um, I'm optimistic about, I mean, we're going to have to go through some hard times. But what business looks like at the end of this? Yeah, um, good point. Look, we've been we've been going on about climate change and the world needs to do something drastic for so long. And what's happened is the world has had to do something drastic and it's going to have some positive consequences for our climate too. And I wonder if people are going to reassess some of the things that they used to do and actually haven't been able to do for the past four weeks or maybe more and go, do I need that anymore? Mm. So I think consumerism will change. I think people's idea of what they actually need might change. I think we're going to come out in a very different world. And 
yeah, hopefully that's for the better for our climate and for the way that we want to spend our money. I hope that people are going to connect with their local businesses now and try and support them um, and think about where their products are coming from. So I, I'm hopeful. I'm always hopeful, though. You know me. Um, yeah. The world will be better at the end of this, but we've got a really dark phase to go through first. It's that same thing, the, the relentless optimist to just continually see the light, see the, you know, and, and props and kudos to you. I mean, a massive entire business pivot that's going from you know a whole bunch to zero to crank around to now you're flipping taking selfie sticks in, in, in supermarkets looking at peers and shit which is whatever um yeah. look, Edwards, i know my privilege okay so my privilege is that i have internet connection i'm running yeah. this on my 4g right now off my phone i have you know i had the friends and and the technology know-how to build mm. a tech platform to know how to create content. I have a PhD in nanotechnology. Like I'm totally privileged in that bubble, but I never came from that, right? I never came from money. I came from a low income household without education. So because of that, I want to make sure that everything that we provide can be given to families like I grew up with. And so I think my whole business is trying to connect to how do we make sure that those who can pay do, but those who can't still have this for free and have access. And the challenge we've got is not every family has a digital device. Not every family has connection to broadband. And we have to make sure that, you know, we don't live in our tech bubble of, oh, we're doing great. Look at these tech businesses because they're not reaching everybody. And there's a demographic of the world who is not connected. And, and yeah. we've got to think about how we include those people too. Totally agree. Uh, Henerangi Edwards says, uh, your vinegar example of fake science is classic. Who or what are the most trusted sources of information that you refer to? Yeah, so go to the Ministry of Health or the World Health Organization or the CDC, the Center for Disease Control. They've got great public um, websites that talk about the myths and talk about what you should do. But the, the basic rules are simple. Don't go outside. Don't go outside of your bubble during lockdown and wipe things down with soap and water. That's it. For such a, who would have thought that soap could take down a global economy and put lock everyone in a house? Soap. Yeah, but soap, most people don't even know what soap is. I mean, soap is, I wish I had a demo. Okay, I'm going to, this is my little playing lighter. So if you look at a molecule of soap, soap is a what we call a polar molecule, meaning that one end is different than the other end. So it has an end that loves water and it has an end that hates water. And the end that hates water loves fat. And so I'm going to use my virus here. And so this what is so good. Is, I failed science at school, by the way, but this is great. Just hit me. So get, you, got, you got the polars, you got the virus, the smiley, non-smiley, hit me. Okay, so what happens is your soap molecule, when you rinse it with some water, the side of it that hates water wants to hide from the water and it goes into what it loves, which is the fat layer. It goes straight into the fat layer, which is the fat layer for the virus. And in doing that, it burrows in and bursts the virus. And so the virus is destroyed. And that's how it works. So soap is so simple. You want something mm. with a chemical in it called SLS or sodium lauryl sulfate or something similar to that that's a surfactant. Dishwashing liquid works. Anything that says the word soap on it because it has this polar molecule and all that polar molecule does is go into the fat end of the virus and literally explode it so the virus is destroyed. You don't need anything complicated. That's it. Soap is an amazing simple molecule that can destroy the virus. Shit, that's I love learning. This is flipping great. Flipping polars and shit is so good. Uh, Philip Murray says, how do you feel about the huge positive impact on our natural environment and our planet? Because obviously, clearly, there's been a bunch of some fake news, some lots of legitimate things, but it, 
it's almost like the world's reset in many ways and it's had a chance to breathe and it's almost like every single human has stopped for a second to just smell the roses a little bit and look around and be like holy shit and in new zealand it's probably even 10 times that right so i mean what's your what's your headspace on that Look, I, I think it's the kick that we needed. I mean, I've been talking about climate and science for a long time and everybody's like, yeah, 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 but other people need to do that. But I think people, if I live in the middle of Ponsonby, right, which is pretty built up and the bird song now that's waking me up in the morning is incredible. I think people now are gonna start to think about hopefully the change in the climate and the little things that they could do, which seemed too hard before when everybody else wasn't changing. But actually, I, I hope, I really hope that this science education that we're getting around COVID helps us to take the climate science more seriously and think about our actions every day and what we do and what we don't need to do. Yeah. So science needs, scientists need to become the superheroes and have more clout, like 100%. Even just, I, I'm wondering if there's going to be I've been thinking about the, the business ramifications of this new type of leadership and I'm thinking about, you know, like leading with love and, you know, being kind and be, these leaders be, be authentic and show vulnerability. I'm also wondering if business is going to come out of this and be like, all right, team, well, clearly families are important and clearly you've been working from home the last couple of months. How about we only do three days in the office, like Sam Stubbs's crew. He's thinking about, okay, we only go Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday and everything else, just, you know, do your thing, stuff it. Do you think there's going to be a some type of what type of shifts do you think will change in terms of leadership with how they run actual business or potential operations moving forward because that crossover between it's clearly the old world to the, the new i don't feel it's going to go back to okay let's stop using teams slack everything you're gonna to have to come in here here's some paper like how do you think that the shift's going to potentially tweak for the for um when we get back into business i think the shift is going to be huge for both business and for education. I've been working in the education space for a long time where teachers said, oh no, we're not gonna do this digital online learning. It's, we're not ready. And they've had, like, they've had to be ready. And a lot of the teachers I know who have resisted it have had to do it and are having to embrace it and having to upskill. And I think the same is happening in businesses. Businesses who said, oh no, we're not sure about this remote working thing are having to do it. And I think we're gonna see the benefits and also the drawbacks. I mean, my whole team is remote and you know, it's. It's really hard to build that connection with a team. So I do think that sometimes people need that person-to-person -person contact. And also when, when you've got four kids running around your home office, obviously sometimes you might need a way to focus and, and separate your work from your life. So I think there's gonna be this middle ground that we get to around how we work and, and where we work. And, but I think some of those sort of things are being knuckled out now around how people are finding things that work for them and things that don't work for them and what that balance looks like. But I think companies are going to have to embrace what remote working looks like and why it's important for that for that balance. I, almost, I give the example of it feels like Facebook versus Snapchat, where if you think of the strategy of it, Facebook open out to all, everything's open, great, great, great. Snapchat close one to one, you know, messaging, and then after time it finds its way into the middle, and now you've got Instagram with the stories or whatever, so you get a bit of both. And a similar thing, you look at business, it's like okay. You spend two hours in traffic every day in Auckland and you sit in an office and then yeah. now you're totally remote, not in an office at all. And then when you come back, where does this, the pendulum of like balance between work, work life, you know, navigation and, and all that stuff. I, I think there's going to be a lot of um, just bigger questions asked already, the business operations, team, culture and all the rest of after this, which I think net net I feel will be better because even all the inauthentic leaders and businesses they'll be exposed within this three months you can't fake it this gnarly this 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 long so i'm almost 
I think it's great that there's going to be a whole new wave of leadership I feel come through for businesses and probably just a different way of um, doing it. So, but before we go, I want to just ask, is there any, um, uh, if people want to support you, if people want to back you, if people want to, to, to jump yeah. in the mix, where can they go to? What can they do? How have they got kids at home that they're yeah. going batshit crazy? They're flipping, they wanting, you know, flipping Elsa wants to go down to, to the supermarket trying to figure some shit out. Where can they go to? What can they do? Feel free to plug away. Yeah, so easy. Um, if you have kids at home who are aged between seven and 11, you want to keep their STEM learning, their science and tech learning. Um, subscribe to anagirllabs.com. Um, it's a dollar a day if you can afford it. And if you can't, apply for free access and we will try and grant that to you. It's a buy one, give one. So for everyone you buy, um, somebody who can't afford it gets donated the package. And if you don't have kids, you can buy packages for kids and then we donate two of those. So that's uh, nanagirllabs.com. That's what we do. And if you want info, go to my YouTube channel, Dr. Michelle Dickinson or Nano Girl, and you'll see a coronavirus playlist. If there's anything on there that I haven't helped you with or you want a video on, let me know. There's going to be a how to wash your dog today. I don't know how my life has become this. Um, and a couple of others. Oh, toxicity of soap. I'm also going to talk about that because people are afraid about eating soap. Don't worry. Um, I'll talk about why soap is toxic, but you don't need to worry. You're such a good human, Michelle. You're awesome. We're all in this together. It's not about, it's everybody being positive and helping each other. And if I can contribute my skills, then that's my goal. And big ups as well on just the, the, usually most people would stress out to, to have a business go to, go to zero pivot and tweak in seven days. And then on top of that, here you are with three degrees talking about, you know, shopping and dog hair and shit. It's flipping nuts. At least you got the cup for it. I got the cup for it. My <laughs> cup for it. Everything tastes better with dog hair. And I can't do this without the New Zealand community pulling together. So we've had, I mean, Andy Hamilton has been a godsend just giving us advice. David Downs is another one who I know you've got on today, just throwing advice at it. Sam Witters, like people who are our mentors and just giving everything that they've got to help us is, I mean, we wouldn't do that without great people around us. It is. It is cool. The, everyone's got their little piece piece to play, and it's everyone stepping up to try and help. Well, Michelle, absolutely love chatting to you. Best like tell Joe I said what up. Good good luck with the with the dog washing, and I've um, connected it up. So Nana Girl Legs, thanks so much, Michelle. Love love your work. Bye. See ya. Awesome human, flipping great human, Michelle. Uh, good buddy in the mix, cranking away with Joe, which is who's also another legend. Um, partners in crime with Nano Girl Labs. So www.nanogirllabs.com. As she said, this is very simple. Wash your hands. Wash your hands. Support support the crew, and we'll talk to you soon, team. Adios. See you in the next one.